And whenever God turned away from them, they fell into the hands of their enemies and they were taken captives. Now, the scripture is replete of usually it will be because they were far from God, they turned away from God, and naturally when they turned away from God, God would turn away from them. And when God turned away from them, they fell into the hands of their enemy. And every time God, because of his love and his unending mercy, will reach out to his people and he will ask them to return to him or turn to him depending on which translation you are reading from. He will ask them to return to him. And so that's, why, that's what we saw in that scripture. In that Zechariah chapter 1 verse 3, the Bible says, Therefore said, unto, said thou unto them, God was telling the prophet to say unto them, he says, Say to them, thus said the Lord. It is God himself that is speaking right now. Tell them that God has said that you guys should turn to me. And so that I will turn to you. So he was explaining to them, praise the name of the Lord. In Malachi chapter 3 verse 7, it was exactly the same thing. It was a period that they were in trouble in the hands of their adversary. And God beckoned unto them just like he will normally do. In that Malachi chapter 3, he said, Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. He said, Please return to me and I will return to you, said the Lord. He said, You messed up and you ran into trouble. But I'm calling you right now, return to me, and I will return to you. Now, when God says to his people, return to me, God wants his people who are far away in spiritual rebellion to repent. That is actually the meaning of return to me. To repent and return. It says, if his people will return to him, that he will return to them and their situation will turn around. It says, I will return to you. What he's saying to the people is this. If you come to me, I will bring you back to the original position that you had before. A position of blessing, a position of abundance. Now, what is this thing that I'm saying? So God is saying, turn again so that you can experience a turning again. Turn again so that you can experience a turning again. In Nehemiah, it's the same thing that he's saying. In Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 9. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 9. He said, but if you return to me, and obey my commandments and live by them. He said, 
then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. If you will return to me, if you obey my commands, if you are going to walk in my precepts, he said, it doesn't matter what you're going through. I will make you to come back to, be, to continue to enjoy what you used to enjoy. And so what are we talking about? Turning again is restoration. And so from what we have said, you can see clearly that it's a two-part thing. The first part is the turning again to God. And the second part is the turning again of God. If men will turn again to God, God will turn again unto them. And so today, we are just going to look at the first part. The turning again to God, which is repentance. The Bible says in Acts chapter 17, verse 20, 20 30. Acts chapter 17, verse 30. The Bible says, truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now command all men everywhere to repent. God is calling everyone to repent. God is calling everyone to repent. Now, what is repentance? Some of the times, a good way to, to understand a concept or to understand a matter is to know what matter, that matter is not. For example, for you to appreciate light, you will need to experience darkness. If you experience darkness, you will understand what light means. And so some of the times, it's good for you to look at what that thing is not, for you to understand what it really is. And so we're going to quickly look at what repentance is not, because there are many misconceptions about repentance. And so it will be better if you understand repentance by learning what repentance is not. And so we quickly go through what repentance is not. Number one, repentance is not being afraid because of one's sin. Repentance is not being afraid because of one's sin. Some of the times when you have done something wrong, Maybe you'll know that you'll soon be found out. <sighs> Somehow you become afraid. Or maybe you know the consequence will be better. You become afraid. And, but that is not what repentance, because being afraid does not necessarily guarantee that you're going to stop doing the thing that you, you were doing. There was a judge in the Bible named Felix. This gentleman was afraid when he was confronted with his sin. Paul, the apostle, told him the consequences of sin. And he became very afraid. Unfortunately, he still did not repent of his sin. Acts chapter 24, verses 24 and 25. The Bible says, several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, and he sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about the faith in Christ Jesus. 
as Paul talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid. But he stopped the man. The Bible says, he stopped him and he said, enough for now. He said, you may leave. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. And it was never recorded that he ever found it convenient to send for him. And so he was afraid when he saw, when he heard about the consequences of sin. But he did not repent. And so some of the times, because you know what will happen, you are afraid. But by the time the fear goes away, you go back to the sin. James said in James chapter 2 verse 19, he said, even demons believe and they tremble. But are demons saved? Of course not. Demons are never saved. But the Bible says they believe that there is one God and they tremble. So being afraid of our sin is not, is good if it leads to a change of mind and a changed life. But fear alone does not mean that you have repented. Number two, repentance is not just being sorry for sin. Have you not seen men who will be caught in uh, adultery and at that moment they will uh, and they will look sober, they will feel, they will appear sorry and after some time they will catch them again and they catch them again and again and again and so the fact that one is sorry about the thing that is done does not mean that he has repented and so I know that many of us are going through some things like that. I mean, they're going through something like this. You are sorry about some things when that thing hits you seriously. But somehow, somehow, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You still have not changed from doing the things that have made you to be sorry many times. There, is a, there was a gentleman called Herod, King Herod. He was excited on a particular occasion. He was having an event and the daughter danced quite nicely and he was impressed and all the people that were there were also impressed and he told the girl that he was quite impressed by the way he was dancing and he said he should ask him anything and the daughter quickly rushed to her mom and the mom had been looking for a way to do John the Baptist in and he saw an opportunity to do him in. And the mother told him, ask for the head of John the Baptist in the platter. And the girl went to King Herod and asked for the head of John the Baptist. The Bible says, King Herod was very sorry. But because of his pride, because he had already spoken, and it should not be heard that the king you know, took back his words, he went ahead to give them instruction to behead John the Baptist. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. And so being sorry does not mean one has repented. 
Mark chapter 6, verse 26. The Bible says, And the king was exceedingly sorry. Yet because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he did not want to refuse her when he asked, when she asked for the head of John the Baptist. So just being sorry for your sin does not translate to a change of mind and the, and the purpose of sin. Number three, repentance is not even confessing sin. For sin to be forgiven, yes, one needs to acknowledge the sin by confessing a sin. First John chapter 1, verse 9. The Bible says, if we confess our sin, it's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes, it is important that we confess our sin for us to be able to have forgiveness of us. However, acknowledging our sins and confessing them does not mean a person has truly changed his mind about the sin. You'll have had people that will say, yes, Moshe Loto, I know it's not good, yes, I did it, and they're going to catch him doing the same thing again and again and again because he has not changed his mind concerning the sin. He has only mentioned the fact that he committed that sin. So there are so many people that will acknowledge their sin, and yet they continue in their sinful actions. Number four, repentance is not responding even to altar calls. Somebody will be wondering, what are you talking about? So when people march out and they say, I surrender. Yes, that is the first step, you know, in the journey of salvation. But there has to be repentance. You have to stop doing, yes, your sins are forgiven. But you know, Jesus will always say, go and sin no more. Even when he has forgiven your sin, he will tell you, go and sin no more. And so, the fact that you have responded to altar call does not mean that you have repented. Because you know, you know, I'm speaking to your heart right now. You know there are so many things that you were doing before you became born again that you are still doing after so many years. Praise God. Number five, repentance does not necessarily come because you are baptized. Yes, God, Jesus commanded repentance and baptism so that our sin will be remitted. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. But the father one is baptized does not mean that he has necessarily changed his mind about sin. And so that's the reason why we usually counsel people. After we have baptized them, we ask them, is it, is, it Romans chapter, is it Romans chapter 6 or so? We ask them to come out and walk in newness of life. Praise the name of the Lord. And so we have seen what, you know, and, and I know that there are so many other things. Repentance is not just all those things. Now, what is repentance? The Bible made us understand that God himself commanded repentance. What is repentance? 
Now, the original word for repent is a Greek word which literally means to change your mind. To change direction. Repentance literally means turning around and choosing to move in an opposite direction. You are going this way and you turn and you decide to go this way. I recall many years, some years back, I was uh, in the, if, you, if you're familiar with the, uh, what do they call this place there? The Dubai airport, this airport, you know, it's so large. And uh, I, I was looking for a particular gate and I kept going, I kept going hoping that I'd gone too far already. And so maybe I will meet if I go. And I realized that I would never get to where I was going except I turned back. And I won't forget that thing came to my heart. It's always coming into my heart, to my head since that time. If you are going in this direction, you will never get to your destination if that is not where you are going. You just have to turn back so that you can get to your de destination. That place will not suddenly, because you choose to go in that direction, become your destination, if that is not your destination. If that is not your destination, just because you decide that you just must go does not mean that you will ever get to your destination. And so if you're going to get to your destination, you just better turn back and go to where your destination is. And so that is repentance. Repentance is you are going in this direction before, you change your mind, you turn around and you go in the opposite direction. That is repentance. Now for John the Baptist, repentance is an action. It is not meant to be about feeling. Maybe feeling bad or feeling shame. No, 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 no. Instead, it is about thinking differently and acting differently. That is repentance. Thinking differently and acting differently. That is repentance. For the avoidance of doubts. If you look at verse 4 of that Zechariah chapter 1, we read verse 3 earlier. If you look at verse 4, you see what God called repentance to the children of Israel. Now, he say, Be ye not as your fathers, unto whom the former prophet have cried, saying, Thus said the Lord of hosts. Now, look at it. He said, Turn ye now from your evil ways and from your evil doing. Turn. Turn away from it. Praise God. So it's not about how you feel. It is you doing something contrary, you know, directly opposite of the things that you have seen that is wrong. You know it is wrong. You do something contrary to it. Turn away from it. Praise the name of the Lord. So, John the Baptist called his audience to a thorough change of heart and a change of mind. 
which of course will lead to a change of action. If you have a change of mind, it will show in your action. Now, if you are unhappy with somebody and you have been like boning for that person and all of a sudden somebody called you and explained some things about that person, something that changes your heart about that person, the next time that you see that person, your attitude to that person will change because something has happened inside of your heart and you decide to show. And so he was calling us to change our minds so that it will reflect in the things that we do in our action. In Luke chapter 3, verses 7 to 14, it's rather long, but I'm just going to pick some things here. Luke chapter 3, verses 7 to 14. The Bible says, John said to the crowd, coming out to be baptized by him, he said, you brood of vipers. He said, who wants you to flee from the coming wrath? I think John will have been preaching to them, and they were having, they were considering the thing that he was saying to them. And so they now came unto him for baptism. And he was like, you know, taunting them as it were. Oh, oh, you guys. He said, who wants you to flee from the coming wrath? But he now moved on in verse 8. He said, it is important that you produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Fruit there is do things that show that you have repented. He said, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. He said, and do not begin to say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. Don't keep thinking that you can hide under the fact that you are, you are seeds of Abraham. Don't think that you are saved. He said, for I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. We skip verse 9, we go to verse 10. He said, what? And the people then ask him, he said, what should we do then? And John the Baptist answered, said, Every, any one of you who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. Talking about the father, it will be good for them to be good to people instead of wickedness. Show kindness to your fellows instead of wickedness. Yeah, anyone who has food should do the same. In verse 12, he said, even tax collectors, they came to be baptized and they asked him, teachers, they say, what should we do? And verse 13 says, don't collect any more than you are required to do. You know that, obviously, when I read this scripture again, I laughed. They have been collecting bribes since that time. Oh, all those people who stand on the highway, they have been doing that since that time. I'm a robber. I'm a robber. Because if they carry gun and they harass you and you part with your money, what have they done? They have robbed you with gun. So they have been doing that since that time. And so he said to them, don't do it anymore. And he, thought, he said unto soldiers also, I mean the soldiers also asked him, 
What shall we do? Say, don't extort money and don't, don't accuse people falsely. He said, be content with your pay. He said it to them. Now, from this, you know that there are so many things that we do that are not written sin. Because when we talk about adultery, you know that that is sin. Fornication, you know that that is sin. So there are so many other things that we do. That's why that thing came out. Anything that you know that you are doing and your conscience is telling you this is not right, check yourself. Check yourself. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. In Acts chapter 26, verse 20, Acts chapter 26, verse 20, Paul was speaking. The big part of that scripture said, I preach that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. Paul was saying repentance is not something that you feel inside of you. It is something that you show by your action. You must do things that show that something has happened inside of you that is contrary, that is against sinful nature. You must do it. You must show. And that's why I think was it Paul or Peter that said, he that's told, still no more. Whatever it is that you know you are doing that is wrong, God is saying, turn away from them. It is truly impossible to change your mind without changing your action. It is impossible for you to change your mind. There will be action that will reflect your mind. And so that's why the scripture says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. It's the same thing that was written in Luke chapter 3, same thing written in Matthew chapter 3. When a person has truly repented of sin and he exercised faith in Christ, there will be evidence of a changed life. And so that's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, we all know the scripture. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is what? A new creature. The newness is not just something that happened inside of you. It is something that it reflects in your life. Now, we'll quickly look at a few examples of repentance. I, I have one, the first example here. I know that we are familiar with the gentleman called Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, that very tall man. Praise God. Zacchaeus was a man who cheated, a man who stole, he lived large on ill-gotten gains. He lived large until he met with Jesus. The moment he met with Jesus, there was a radical change of mind. The Bible says in Luke chapter 19, verse 8, 
Luke chapter 19, verse 8, the Bible says, Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. He was not only ready not to do it again, he was ready to do what they call it. He was ready to restitute his ways. He was not just ready. The, the, he was so serious about, about the matter. He was not only ready to stop. He was ready to restitute his ways. That is serious repentance. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. It was a cheat who became a philanthropist. It was a thief who decided to restitute. And so that is what repentance is about. Another person that we'll talk about is Judah, a guy called Judah, one of the sons of Jacob. Judah also gave us a beautiful demonstration of repentance. In Genesis chapter 44, verses 18 to 34. Genesis chapter 44, verses 18 to 34. You know the story very well. The brothers of Joseph, after they had sold him into slavery, J Joseph found himself in the prison and eventually became a prime minister and there was no more food where they were living because of the drought that came upon the entire world at that time. Meanwhile, Joseph had actually counseled that food should be stored during the time of plenty in Egypt so that during the time of lack, they could bring out food and they were selling to people. And the brothers of Joseph came so that they could buy food. And of course, Joseph was in charge. Joseph recognized them. But he disguised, he just wanted to check them out. One way or the other, he got to, I mean, they, they volunteered the information that they still had a younger brother at home. And he was able to convince them to go and bring that young man, Benjamin, who happened to be the brother, the direct brother of Joseph. He encouraged them to go and bring him. And it was very difficult for the brothers to get the boy to come because the father didn't want to allow them to take the brother. He had already lost his senior brother, Joseph, according to him. And why are you going to take this one if anything goes wrong with this one? What will happen? Somehow they were able to get the boy to go, to them, to go with them to Egypt. Now, they met with Joseph. Joseph recognized, everyone of them recognized the brother. And he played a trick on them so much that, well... Um, he was able to put something inside the bag of the brother and he allowed them to go. Now he sent his messenger to go and tell them that some of them, one of them has actually stolen is that vessel. And they said that whoever stole the vessel will be held. And so that's how they came back and they opened the bag and they saw the vessel inside, the cup inside the bag of Benjamin. And Benjamin, and he said, no problem. I'm going to keep this boy here. Judah 
Judah was the one who told them to sell Joseph into slavery before. So this time around, he knew what heartache their father had because he didn't see Joseph anymore. And so this time around, you are going to keep his brother so that the man will die. You know what Judah said? He said, just take me. I would rather you keep me with you rather than causing that man another heartache. So he had repented. You understand? That was a beautiful, you know, you know, case of repentance. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. And so you will not know if a man is truly repentant until he has another opportunity to commit the same sin again. So he, he was tested as it were. At that instance, he passed. And so it was, you will know that he was truly repentant. He was sorry. He was not just sorry. If he had the opportunity to do the thing he did before, he will not do it. And so the opportunity was presented to him and he refused to do it. Now, if they caught a man who traveled to Canada without his wife for committing adultery, and they bring him back home and all that and all that, and he say, I won't do it again. No, 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 no. I won't do it again. You never can tell. Until you take him back to a place like that where there will be cold and he will not see his wife. That's when you know whether, if he's able to hold himself and does not do it again, that's when you know. And so that was exactly what we saw in that Judah case. Until a man had the opportunity to do it and he refused to do it, that is when you will know whether that person has repented. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Finally, we'll have another case. David, David sinned, you know the sin of David, he committed adultery with another man's wife, and then he arranged for that man to be killed to cover up his sin, 2 Samuel chapter 11 verses 1 to 23. And so after David did that, he went about normal life, as if nothing happened. Until Nathan, the prophet, confronted David that David now saw himself as a sinner that he really was. And so the response of David demonstrated why God called him the man after his own heart. Because he exhibited excellent heartfelt repentance. If you look at, just look at uh, Psalm 51, there are other, other scriptures that tell us about how sorry David was concerning his sin. But look at verse 51, I mean Psalm 51. And the Bible says, he said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. What did David do there? David first asked for mercy, knowing the consequences of his sin. He acknowledged is sin. He recognized the thing that he did and he sought God's mercy, the mercy that he did not deserve. 
Have mercy upon me, O God. Uh, not by anything that I'm doing. It's just according to your loving kindness. In answer, for I acknowledge my transgressions. A sincere, repentant individual will own up to his own or her mistakes. And that was what David did. Nowhere in the, spiritual, in the prayer do we find him making excuses or blaming someone else for his failing. Unlike the gentleman called King Saul. I think I mentioned the story of King Saul here uh, when we were talking about manifestation. Or was it here? I can't remember. King Saul gave excuses the, why he did the thing that he did. It was because people were pressurizing me. It was because you didn't come early. It was because of this, because we want to offer the animals as sacrifice to your God, pushing the blame on other people, not acknowledging his sin. Okay, so that was completely, the, that was the difference between David and King Saul. He held himself totally accountable. And he called his actions what they were. He sinned. He did not try to sugarcoat the sin. He didn't try to rationalize the thing that he did. He openly confessed the thing that he did wrong. And that is actually what God wants. David requested for a clean of heart because he knew that if something was not done, it would keep going back. He knew that there was need for a change of heart. And he said, create in me a clean heart. David knew that his actions were dictated by his wicked heart. And he knew that except God does something concerning his heart, he will keep going back to this evil way. And he begged God to clean his heart for him. Praise the name of the Lord. Brethren, you want a turning again. You want things to work out better than they used to be. Or they are, rather, better than they are right now. You have to turn again yourself. God says in that scripture, Zechariah chapter 1 verse 3, it says, return to me and I will return to you. Nehemiah says, but if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, if you are because that was the issue. They will be thrown all over the place. He said, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. God is saying, when you turn again in repentance, you will experience a turning again of blessing. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Any question? Question concerning repentance, whatever it is that you'd like us to look into, what is not clear, 
Praise God. Praise God. Any question? Okay, let's rise to our feet. I've often said this. When God sends his word, it is usually to accomplish a purpose in our lives. Especially when the word is checking our conduct. It is because he wants to do something that if there's no change in our conduct, we may not get that which he planned for, for our lives. And so, I want us to appreciate this and just tell God, thank you for sending the word unto me today. Father, Lord, I thank you for bringing your word, asking me to turn around. I know that you have something in my life that is not right and you want me to turn around from them. My Father, my God, Lord, I'm asking Jehovah, Lord, that, Lord, I appreciate, I'm saying, Lord, I appreciate the, oh, Lord, your purpose for sending this word unto me tonight. Thank you, almighty God. Glory be to your holy name. Thank you, precious Father. Jehovah, Lord, I worship you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Now, if you turn to God, God will turn to you. In your heart, as I was talking, I know there are some things that are coming into your heart. And you are saying, this is probably what God is dealing with. You don't have to shout. I want you to commune with your heart at this time. And talk to yourself. Commune with yourself, rather. If there are things that God is ministering to you in your heart, telling you you need to change, ask God. Ask God to help you in the name of Jesus Christ. Ask God to help you. David said, create in me a new heart and renew a right spirit in me. Ask God to create in you a Ask him to renew the right spirit in you. Ask God. Ask God. You know, you know, you know. I, I told you a few weeks ago, when some things don't work quite nicely in certain area, I ask myself, God, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? And I begin to look into them. If I lose money anyhow, I go and check. Have I been faithful in my tithing? Am I paying 100% or am I playing game with God? I ask myself those questions. Because God is a good God. He says, turn to me and I will turn to you. If you desire a turning again in your life, Begin to ask yourself those questions, important questions, and begin to ask God to help you. He's willing to help you. He's willing to help us. Let's talk to him.
Our Father and our God, Lord, we want to thank you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, because we are very confident that you have something to do. That's why you have sent the word unto us at this time. You are asking us to repent of our evil ways. My Father, my God, Lord, I'm asking Jehovah, Lord, that you will help us indeed to repent. Amen. That we will not sweep those things under the carpet anymore. Amen. Father, we'll make up our mind to live right from today Amen. and obey your words to the letter in the name of Jesus Christ. We know, Jehovah Lord, that you are a faithful God. You are not a liar. You have promised to return to us if we will return to you. We ask, O oh Lord, that indeed you will help us to return to you fully in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, precious Father. Glory be to your holy name. For we have prayed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you.